Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and today we are going to talk about honoring your creativity, okay? So if you are new to Joyfully You Podcast, I am very passionate about connecting to the joy of the inner child and using our intuition to guide us with the big things in life. And I love talking about wholehearted living and how we can honor these gifts and these talents, these aspirations and these goals that we have, and in order to honor them, We have to look at the fears and the things that get in the way from from going after it or from creating it or attracting it or however else you'd like to look at it. So if you are an artist or a creative entrepreneur, buckle up. You are going to love this episode, okay? So we're going to be talking about honoring a creativity. We're going to talk about being a channel. And we're going to talk about why it can be so difficult at times to do your art, right? To to run your business, to do the things that are filled with your soul and your creativity and things that you really care about. And that's like really important thing to note because the things that we really, really care about, we often hold very tightly. And things don't grow when we're holding it and constricting it and making it tight. So let's first kind of talk about creativity and what it is, where it comes from. I'm going to kind of give my perspective on it. I think I have a pretty cool perspective on it. (laughs) It's not biased at all. Um, But I guess the teachers and the people that I've learned from when it comes to creativity, I have two different people that have been really, or two books that have been really powerful for me in understanding the yin and yang within my own creativity. The yin and yang being the fire and the water, the masculine and the feminine, um, the go and the flow, however you'd like to describe it. I think it's the exact same energy. It's, it's the balance. We need to have the balance. Um, and each person's balance looks a little bit different. So in the first book that I mentioned, that has been a huge inspiration for me, it's called the war of art and it is, it's by Stephen Pressfield. And the book is all around how to overcome creative resistance, the things that create the creative blocks, um, that stop us from our art, our writing, the entrepreneurial ventures, pretty much anything that relies on you to take shape and form, you know, creating something from nothing. And for anyone that has a hard time focusing on things for a long period of time, you will love this book because what he does is he creates these different snippets of different ways that resistance can shows up, can show up. And he kind of personifies resistance and, he talks about how it can show up through procrastination, how it can show up through drama, how it can show up through um, perfectionism, and all these different ways that try and block us from winning the war of art. And the way that he describes winning the war on art is if you complete it, if you can start it and you can finish it, and you're willing to let it be and let it exist without suffocating it or beating it to death, so to speak. Um, And it's very much like this masculine energy of do the work. That's kind of how he approaches it is he, he, he gives this story of, he's like, you know, um, the muse whispers to me, and that's kind of how he describes creativity. The muse whispers to me um, every morning at 9 a.m. because that's the time that I sit down to write, and so that's the time the creativity flows. He's like, if I write and I do my work, then I've done my work, and I can be at peace with that. My goal is not to write something incredible. My goal is simply to write. And the ability to be able to do our work, our creative ventures, our creative aspirations, for me, it's definitely the podcast and writing and expressing myself on video through, through social media, you know, that feels like my art. And if I judge it each time I do it, it's going to be very difficult to continue creating. And so the way that he looks at it is look at it as, um, you, if you sat down and you did your work, you did your art, you won. 
right? And we're definitely going to have some conversations about um, perfectionism uh, coming up here in a little bit. So the way that he talks about it is the nine muses. And there's nine muses in New Orleans. There's actually streets that are named after these nine muses. Um, and it's like the muse of erotic poetry, the muse of tragedy, the, the muse of song, of dance, of comedy, of astrology, all these different um, muses that are part of the Greek goddesses. And so he kind of uses this analogy that these different Greek goddesses or these, this angels, spirit, uh, universal intelligence, however you want to describe it, will whisper to you and it wants to be birthed. It wants to be pulled into this physical space reality. It wants to be created from nothing. And when we hear it and we allow it to come through, um, you know, it's incredible, right? But if we're waiting for the muse to come through, and the way that he describes it, oh, this is so good, it's coming back to me. I'm giving you a little spark notes on this book, okay? Is the muse doesn't wanna soil her beautiful dress. So we need to create the workspace and the set the stage for her to come and do her work through us as a channel. And so he uses that analogy of setting your workspace, whatever that space looks like for you. Maybe it's a desk, maybe it's a studio, maybe it's, um, it, it could be anything, right? Whatever your workspace is, taking that time to kind of set it and make it tidy so you're allowing the creativity to flow through you in a clean and organized space. Um, but it's also kind of thinking about that the muse wants something, wants to be able to come through us. And the more we sit down to open the doors for it to flow through, the more familiar it'll be for it to continue to flow. So there's been times within my business where I was writing and posting like every single day, very long, like written format posts, basically like micro blogging. And there was an effortlessness to it because I got into the habit of constantly inviting the muse in to speak through me versus self-identifying with it. And I go through waves and seasons of this, you know, and I like to always share the behind the scenes. It's not like, oh, I figured it out and it's done. No, new life experiences come that can alter things, can shift things, can shake things up. Um, and but one of the biggest things that I think about when I think about creativity is, can I be a channel for this creativity to flow through without self-identifying with it? Because if we self-identify with it, if say we create a piece of art or a work or a project or venture that isn't successful or that people don't like, if we self-identify with it, then we say, well, they must not like me. I must not be good enough. I must be the problem. When it's not that you are the problem, it's just that the piece of art didn't resonate with the audience and it's time to create again. So he has this very masculine approach to it of like, do the work. If you sit down and you do the work, even if it's absolute shit, you can be proud of yourself in the end of the day. And I just really love that. Um, and that's what I try to, I kind of use that perspective with the podcast because there's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have the words. I don't know if I really know what an episode, oh, I want to make something really good for you. So I don't want to give you something that's mediocre. But here's the thing. The moment I sit down and I press record, I'm inviting the muse to speak through me. I, and, or it can be God or angels or whatever, right? I'm inviting this higher level of consciousness to work through me by practicing my own creative outlets. 
because I've never finished a podcast episode. Okay, this, that's not true. There has been times where I'm halfway through an episode and I could totally tell that I'm in my head and like personally vlogging. And, and it was just like, but to be honest, in four years, that's probably happened three or four times where I, I stop it halfway and I'm like, okay, I need to go meditate or I need to go for a walk or I need to go journal because I was forcing myself to do it, but I wasn't able to drop into my heart to speak from that place, right? But the way that I kind of allow myself to get into the state is I imagine who I'm speaking to being one of my best friends. And cause that's, you know, I want to be your, your biz bestie or your creative sister or whatever, or your, um, your relationship friend that you always text and ask questions about. Like, I want to be your coach and your guide, you know? And I also hold myself to a level of integrity to speak from the heart. But how do we discern if it's like, oh, perfectionism of, oh, I don't want to, I, I know I'm ready, but I got to wait until it's the right time. And taking messy action and being willing to do it and open the channel and sit down with the art and sit down with the practice and create the practice of allowing that creativity to flow through you. Because every creative person has had that flood of inspiration where it just effortlessly flows through you. But what happens when all of a sudden you feel like it's not carrying you and you're trying to carry it, right? We have to set the stage. We have to be able to create um, the structure for all of that to flow. And so I always, I also like to look at the yin and yang as like the masculine and the feminine. And one of my favorite analogies is the creative the feminine energy being like the dancer and the, the dancer's always going to dance. The dancer can dance anywhere. Um, but the masculine energy can be the stage, can be the audience, can be the chairs, can be the different rows and can be this, this beautiful, glorious theater, right? So the dancer doesn't need the stage to dance. The dancer can dance anywhere. Your feminine energy can express and move and be fluid anywhere. But when we create a stage, we create an event state, this structure of this start and this end, this being held, this, this, this structure to be able to connect with more people. It's this beautiful union between the two. Because if the structure is there, but there's no dancer, there's no show. And so I do believe that our ability to connect with the feminine energy to create, even if we're not sharing it, to set the tone to create and to be in our art and to do our work is the most important part. And trusting that the, the structure will either reveal itself or we can ask for it to show up. We can say yes for it to show up. We can be that support and structure for it to show up. Um, but it's interesting as a like, creative entrepreneur because you're holding both. You're, you're holding the, the creative um, side that's like this expression and it feels like freedom, right? But then we're also holding the structural side, which is, you know, where you're sharing it. What does it look like? The, 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 what shape it takes? Because whatever shape it is, is your creative energy is going to fill into that. So for example, if you don't have like a schedule for yourself or working hours for yourself, that there isn't anything to hold your creative energy, it's going to spill out all over the place and constantly not be feeling enough because it isn't being held. Because I think as like creative people, we can get so much done with say a two hour focused time without distractions. Then if we try to think about it and like we have like four or five days to kind of work on it and think about it and then get in our head about it and then take no action on it. And it just kind of feels like 
floaty, right? It feels like you're floating. And that's exactly like, because you're not being held with this um, other, this structure, the, the commitment side, the masculine side, the start and the stop, that anything that has to do with numbers, really. Masculine energy has a lot to do with the numbers, whether it be, you know, think, you know, a number on a scale or whether it be a likes on your Instagram, whether it be um, a commitment level of doing things within a certain time frame at a certain time for a certain amount of minutes, thinking about dollars, budgets, specifics, you know, that's all the masculine energy. And a lot of the times, um, if you've come from like a corporate environment where you got burnt out and you were so in your masculine and you were so in the numbers and you were so in the the details of, of that part that you you know, pinched yourself off from your own creativity. For me anyways, there was a massive whiplash and swing effect that the pendulum completely swung over to this, like, I want freedom. I want no structure. I want to deal with no numbers. I want to make no specific plans. I want to go with the flow, be a feather in the wind. And I did do that. And and yeah, like in certain ways, it was amazing experientially, but I, I, there was a lot of times where I wasn't making myself proud because it felt floaty. Like I was floating around, it didn't really have an aim. Um, and I go back and forth. We all kind of have these seasons in and out where we have such a clear focus that every all of our energy is able to line in that one direction because we have clarity of the structure and what that art and the flow is within it that's that it's that's holding that it's holding. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of like a perspective that I have on, on honoring our creativity is can we create those moments? Can we create, um, the structure and what this can look like on a practical level is your own personal working hours. And like, I was, I've learned a lot about ADHD and having like a body double. And <laughs> like, I realized I've been doing this for most of my life. I used to always invite one of my best friends over and be like, will you come sit on my bed and talk to me while I clean my room? Because I needed there to be someone else there with me or else I get distracted or sidetracked or start organizing my sock drawer or something silly. And so it's having that other person that was actually helping create the structure to, and I literally would tell my friends like, Hey, snap at me. If you see that I'm off track and, and bring me back, please, because sometimes I don't realize it and, you know, the people closest to us. And so it's like, yeah, we want to try and create that for ourselves, but what if we can create that with other people? Um, but when we are working for ourselves, and it is your vision and it is your art and it is your goals, only you're the one that can really see it and people can start to see it and be a part of it as you materialize it and bring it into fruition and bring it into actualization. But something you have to remember is, is, is you're not going to hit a home run every single time. And how do you determine if it's a home run? Like if you're sharing your art, is it solely based off the feedback and validation you're getting from other people? Is it solely based off of the monetary gains? Like how do you, like, how do you define, you know, your success around your creations? The way that I kind of look at it, which I invite you to is, if you completed it from start to finish, then it was a win and it was a success, regardless of how other people feel about it, because you allowed the muse to channel through you and you did it and you completed it. And oftentimes for artists, it's never gonna feel complete. It's always gonna feel like I could do a little bit more. And it's like your own personal discernment of knowing when it is done and honoring that. And that's how we honor our creativity. We honor our creativity by creating the time to sit down and allow it to be and flow through us by doing the work and not judging it 
instead knowing that it's something that, that was channeled through you, but it's not a definition of you. It's something that you birthed, but it's not a reflection of who you are in the same way. And so it's, it's like kind of a detachment, you know? So hopefully this is resonating with you. Um, the second book that has been incredible is Big Magic. Um, I'm blinking out on, it's the same girl that, that wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Elizabeth, what is it? Eat, Pray, Love. Let me just look this up really. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Gilbert. Thanks for staying with me, guys. <laughs> Elizabeth Gilbert. So she talks about the same thing, that, that creativity, that, that, for example, like Beethoven's um, symphony existed before he heard it and, and wrote it. It existed, and if he wasn't willing to bring it in, then it would be whispered to someone else that then would bring it in. And so not to, like, evoke... Um, this sense of competition or anything like that. But you got to know that your creative ideas that come to you want to be birthed into real life. And so sometimes our creative ideas come at a very inopportune time. And so it's like being willing, like I've had times where podcast ideas come to me and I got to stop what I'm doing and just write it all down and allow it to come through in that moment instead of telling myself, okay, I'll, I'll write it down later. Because I know that it's like a fleeting thought. Like, where does it come from? You know? Um, and so she has like really great examples of, of an entire storyline that she had written out, but then she kind of um, stepped away from it. And she wasn't sure about it. She was second guessing it and she put it to the side. She connects with someone later, I don't know, however long later, a year later, whatever. She describes the storyline of a new book she's writing and it's the exact same storyline. Like it was insane. The levels of synchronicity of, of, um, similarities to the story that literally proves what she's talking about as there being this creative force, this, you know, this infinite intelligence of creativity of things and ideas that, that want to be brought forth into the earth and into our reality. Um, but we have to be willing to birth them, even if, we don't feel completely confident about it. You know, it's, I think that, um, most people, and I'm sure you can resonate with this. It's the, once you sit down to start doing the things that you love, you enjoy it, but it's all the buildup and the talk within the mind of like, Oh, I need to do it. Or I've been meaning to do it. Or I want to do it. And like the buildup of thinking you need to be in a certain state of mind or feel a certain way in order to do it. And a lot of that is perfectionism. Because the voice of perfectionism says, I know I can do it. I know what I have, what it takes. I just need some time. Or there's just something blocking me. Or I'm just not quite ready right now. You know? And so this is what I'm working on with people within my own coaching practice is overcoming this creative resistance and how do we create structure and flow? How to create that masculine and that feminine energy of allowing the creative channel to come through while also creating structure for it to be held. And then the other part of the analogy or similar analogy is, you know, allowing the dancer to dance, allowing yourself to create and be in that creative energy and that being the most important thing and then creating the structure. Cause maybe you create all the structure, but you aren't tapped into your creativity. So there's no dancing, there's no creating, there's no painting, there's no singing, there's no writing, whatever that is for you. So we need both. Um, and I do think that honoring our creativity um, a big part of that is reconnecting with the things that bring us joy, even in the simple moments. 
and allowing ourselves to connect to the gratitude of what's right in front of us so we can tune into that vibration of appreciation because from a state of appreciation, we see the world differently. And I think we hear things differently. I think the muse can speak to us in a different way because when we're in a state of appreciation, our channel is open. Mm, it's not good. Well, I love you so much. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You podcast. Um, I have a few spots that are open for private coaching. And so if you have been thinking about working with someone and helping connect to your creative business and creating structure and connection within your own business or within your own personal goals, I would love to connect with you. Or even if you just were inspired and you really enjoyed this episode, you can book a discovery call, even if it isn't specifically for coaching, but maybe there's something else or you would like to connect. I would love to connect with you too. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. If you've never left a review on Apple um, Podcast, that would mean the world to me. Leave some five stars, write a little blurb about what you've been getting from the show that really helps me grow my creative ventures. So again, my name is Kelsey Lowe. You are listening to Joyfully You Podcast, and I will see you on the next episode.